Recently, my father had a medical uh, thing. Fuck, he had a stroke, right? So that's the reason I'm working at a goddamn nail salon now instead of doing something I rather enjoy. But uh, that's uh, that's what's going on here. It's some bullshit. But he's getting better. You know what's fucked up though? Uh, let's 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 get a little political. Well, now let's get a little bit about uh, not political. What's the word? Um, I guess social justice working a little bit. I'm not sure. No, but uh, I want to bitch about the. Uh, the medical climate here in the U.S. were a bit. Let me guess. You had to sell your MRI machine and some O. Henry-like tale to pay for your dad's medical bills. But then he sold his medical bills for an MRI machine. Goddamn gift of the Magi all over again. No, no, no. The, the whole thing was um, my dad is actually leaving the country next month to go back to uh, his homeland, Vietnam. So I am Vietnamese, and I do, in fact, work in a nail salon right now. Uh, but the whole thing about that is it will be cheaper for me to fly there, get all this treatment, and then come back than fucking going to the hospital here and getting all that shit done here. I mean, just, right now, we've racked up almost 20 grand just from his hospital visit, which is, I think, rather insane uh, for an emergency type thing, you know? But what are you talking about? Corporations know exactly what's good for you. Listen, if we don't, like, market and, and commoditize all things, how do we know what to pay for them or what their real value is? Just ask Nestle CEO. Oh, fucking crap. Oh, Nestle. Yeah, yeah our, um, uh, our water harvesters in fucking uh, California is actually great for the economy and not harming the ecological systems at all. When people, you know... In a fucking drought. Oh, Vancouver sold like a bunch of water to Nestle for like a dollar a liter. And like 45 minutes from here, they do all of their bottling for water. Like you guys wow. have like a bunch of labels that are branded under the, the Nestle name. So people can't mm -hmm. go like firebomb them or throw a brick through their window. But here it's like Nestle Pure Life because people don't understand what's going on. We have Nestle Pure Life down here too. They sell at Walmart. But that's only Nestle Pure Life. You guys have yeah. like Nestle Pure Life or you know you're being fucked in the ass. Fiji water. Yeah. I drink life water personally. The new Pepsi product that's reverse filtered for my safety. Yeah, they took all the syringes out because... <laughs> no, here's the here's really fucked up part. Right? We, we, have a, um, we have a really nice... I'm gonna, if anyone wants to... If anyone searches, they'll, they'll probably figure out where I live. Generally ish, but uh, what's fucked up is where I'm moving to is the drinking water is like the tap water is no longer safe to drink because upriver someone has been dumping chemicals in it for the last several decades, and it's uh, it's a chemical used in Teflon uh, that replaced the uh, really 
carcinogenic uh, uh, PUFAs, the PUFAs mm-hmm. that they used to use in them out there. If anyone, if anyone wants to do the research, they can figure out the name and all the other shit and figure out where I kind of live. Uh, but it affects such a wide area. I don't care talking about it. But that's how fucked water is just in the U.S. You know? This is what happens when you like corporations run fucking things. Well, just ask anybody who lives in any of the Appalachian areas where they've done fracking. Oh, Jesus Christ. My state wants to start fracking. Because that it's totally safe. There's no way pushing water and chemicals into the, the, the ground and forcing up the oil is going to somehow bring up anything else. You know, it, it is fucked because I did live, used to live in uh, Texas. I don't mind talking about that. It's been like seven years ago. I lived in this small podunk town. No offense, but it's in the middle of goddamn uh, West Texas, which is desert, windmills, oil workers, and cacti and tumbleweeds. Oh, and let's not forget the tarantula that can jump 10 fucking feet towards your face. Are you sure you're stand- not in Texas now? Because there's one download in Texas. No, I'm no longer in Texas. Damn Thank it. God. Now, how am I going to account for who's downloading this podcast? Some dude in Texas, you know? But um, the whole thing is um, the fracking is huge there. And when I first moved in there, you know, I'm used to nice, sweet water. Water didn't smell like uh, horse shit and piss in it before I turned my tap on. So I think it used to smell of the tap water uh, before we put a water softener and filter in uh, for showers and cooking. But we could not drink that water. We, we you, There was a business fucking just selling gallons of water for $2 a goddamn liter. I mean, two, $2 a gallon, which is about three liters for conversion property for your Canadian listeners or metric users, which, you know, I probably should use metric because I rather enjoy it rather than uh, imperial bastardization that we have. It makes sense, goddammit. it. Well, I mean, but, in the, the, the globalist theory that, that we're – we were always learning in like uh, political science classes in university was like, well, we better get used to a, a NAFTA future where they basically come and expropriate our water because they can. And Ugh. there were people like, well, we should develop a military to, to combat the U.S. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's – who are we going to buy the military items from? You, we're, look, the U.S. is a war nation, man. It's all we know how to do anymore. That's, that seems like the only time our economy booms is when we're in a fucking war. Well, that doesn't drag on for 18 years. Our, our great contribution to uh, the political landscape right now is either like peacekeeping or third-party brokering of nuclear reactors or other weapons to Saudi countries. Yeah. Because Canada has been making the can-do reactor for like since the 70s. And it's like one of the... One of the easier technologies to to replicate. That's fucked, man. And one of the l- less safer, because the older technologies. But we Go sell ahead. we sell more like weapons to the Saudis than most countries. Well, it's just you're so goddamn polite, you know. It's just easier to work with you. Because we don't do like. We we make those armored personnel car- carriers. Okay, so, I didn't realize that. So when you, when your country becomes a future dystopia, it'll be Canadian vehicles that drive through. 
Oh man, I just uh, so just today, apparently Trump is Trump just removed the ban on military weapons for local police. So there's that happening. Well, to be to be honest, Obama was making it easy for those police departments to get them, like APCs and shit like that. True, but now they're gonna have like full on tactical military gear, full auto weapons. Are you shitting me? Yeah, drones. Fucking drone strikes from the local police force? Our, our poli- police force has a door-breaching APC vehicle. And they do... door-breaching APC vehicle. And they do actual, like, emergency response uh, drills where they use the vehicle in, like, training scenarios. At, like, Do you guys have five... that much problems that you need a goddamn door-breaching APC vehicle? No, but, like, if... Uh, an armed bank robbery happens in Brampton. B-Town? Like, represent? Where where I happen to live. The The idea is, like, we don't want to have to wait for Peel police or for Toronto police to come to do a tactical. It, I can see the allure of having that stuff there, but at the same time, it, it's, the militarization of local police force is something that worries me, especially uh, after seeing Ferguson and other uh, riot areas. That's why we need a local militia of equally trained, equally armed people and civilians to to be a check and a balance on the government. That's kind of what the local militias were for to begin with. This right? message is brought to you by Goldline. God damn it. Parish Farm remembers when the military wasn't used against the uh, American people. Yeah, you have to go back way far. I think Pepperidge Farms wasn't even formed yet at that point. It was just a Pepperidge plot. Pepperidge Pepperidge plot, remembers? Now that sounds like an actual conspiracy. We should get a Tom Clancy book series going. (laughs) The Pepperidge plot. It's in In the cookies. Get Nicolas Cage in there, done. Oh, hell yes. It looks like this national treasure is cookies. God National Treasure 3, The Search for Pepperidge Plots Cookies. No, it's uh, Racial Harmony with those mulatto. Oh. 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 See, that's Really? That's the actual secret. It's just Racial Harmony. Racial Harmony through mulattoes. No, through the mulatto cookies. Oh, through the cookies, not the one-eighth black people. I see. I'm sorry. When they, like, they stare at them hard enough, they're like, wait. What if white chocolate and dark chocolate is the key to fixing our social political problems? Then I'm fucked as I hate white chocolate. (laughs) Well, it's not real chocolate. It's palm oil. Yeah, disgusting palm oil. It's just something that they they made because they're like, well, we need to sell something else that is cheaper. Mm -hmm. And we can identify with white supremacists. White supremacists would never buy palm oil. That's too. That's they don't too, know any difference. That's too Caribbean and too. They ethnic. would. They don't know white chocolate's made from palm oil. They don't read the ingredient list. It's chocolate and it's white. Stamp a not. Goddamn, take a uh, a Swashka brand and just stamp it on the uh, the chocolate bar. And there you go. You can sell it to everyone at Charlottesville. Well, I mean, the problem with no matter what you do to eradicate racism and xenophobia 
the 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 ideology that's prevalent in most of those movements is that they're being oppressed. So everything that happens to them is just proof that they're being oppressed. It's the victim mentality. I understand. I I, I used to date a girl like that. And the only the only the only thing that you can do is just not give them a platform. But by doing that, you also give them a platform. Yeah. It's fucked. Because it's a whole system of thinking, and they're never going to see. That's why it's okay to punch a Nazi. Hashtag punch a Nazi. But, like, there's aggression on both sides. God damn it, really? You can bring that orange motherfucker into this conversation again? Well, no, it's it's still happening. No matter what conversation you go on on Twitter. But they're, like, you can't. It's just it's just every fourth comment is somebody going, well, you can't just fight racism when it applies to black people. You have to look at racism on all sides and then it's a Russian troll account. You, you can't you can't just punch Nazis. You have to punch the all people. Because you know racism applied to one group is just reverse. Ugh. The greatest thing I ra- love that term reverse racism. The greatest thing that happened to racist is racist is reverse racism, and that to become the idea of like people who have privilege. Okay, we're gonna give you like twenty five percent less privilege. Oh, you can't take away my rights. So much privilege. Yeah, but like uh. other people want rights too. But yeah, but at the expense of all my rights. No, just a portion of my rights. Well, that's too much. Uh, and it's 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 strange. Consider how entitled and to the uh, we become with our privileges. Because I I can remember a time when, uh, as an Asian person, uh, my dad at least, he was discriminated against just for walking into like convenience stores and other shit in California into you know the. And then race riots and the goddamn uh, Watts. He got mistaken for Korean once. That's not a good time in Watts when you're Korean. Goddamn race wars. Yeah. Anyway, I think we diverged from our original topic of Gundam and racism there uh, inclined within. Well, well. I mean, like the guy from New Mexico from Mexico is called Chico Rodriguez. Whatever. I mean. My my town is like ninety percent, or not even probably like seventy percent Indian people, and there's still people trying to like bring back Brampton to the good old days. That's terrifying. Of of like Canadian culture, and and what happened to the Canadian values and way of Canadian slash Judeo Christian, or just Christian? Judeo <laughs> Christian, yes. Yeah, just Christian. I believe if you that's re- what it is. The, really, when they say Judeo-Christian, they really mean just Christian. What are Canadian values? What are Canadian values? As, as a representative of Indians and Ca- Canadians, what are your values the, as a Canadian? The only real avi- official-ish values that have ever been espoused by the Canadian government is like... Well, if you're looking at like pre-1950s, like it's a simulation of culture... And then after that, it's like diversity and multiculturalism. 
openness, respect, compassion, willingness to work hard, be there for each other, to search for equality and justice. These qualities are what make us first post-national state. That's what the fucking thing in Culture of Canada says on Wikipedia. Yep. But then prior to that, it was like, no, you must become Canadian first, which just meant like British because Canada, okay, so like the French came and colonized the the first nations and then the, the British were there a little later in a different part and then it's for a f- culturalizing forces and then after that it was like ukrainians because they needed Ukraine. someone like they needed people to fill in like the the prairie areas oh like uh, in alberta and all that shit so it was like giving people parcels of land so it was like the irish the the ukrainians the people who just wanted land because in europe most of it was the uh, a luxury given to already gentrified nobility. So if you, it was like one of those first come, first serves mentality of if you didn't have it already, you're not going to get it now. Gotcha. You know, that everyone's free to do their own thing unless it impinges on my ability to consume that Thomas Hobbes theory. Thomas Hobbes? <sighs> yeah. He was one of those people who was like, it's like that Locke Hobbes tradition of, of freedom from state. The natural state, well, he was like, the natural state of humans is that we need to be governed because we're monsters. And then, and then Locke was like, no. Life, liberty, and, like, freedom from the state to control us is why we are part of the the thing we call society. It's like a, a... There's, like, positive rights, and then there's natural rights. Oh, yes, that whole conversation, yes. I I don't remember. Sometimes those... It's been a long time since I've been in philosophy and social politics uh, classes. Yeah, I've been out of college way too long. The positive rights are like the freedom to and the negative rights are the freedom from. So like Locke is like a freedom from based ideology. The laissez-faire policy, basically. Eh, that's more like the state shouldn't be involved in, in the acquiring of capital. Uh, he was just somebody who was like, I want to just have everything so gotcha. government get out of my way and let the market do the, the invisible hand of the market will make the things that we need which was preposterous sounds that way it's hmm. similar it's in the same vein but not quite but they all built upon that tradition. First came Hobbes, then Locke. And then when you throw in the social economic part of it, then there's Adam Smith. I think he's after, pretty sure. And somewhere is 
utilitarianism and then communist theory. Ah, uh, good old communist theory. Which, in theory, works. Everything in theory works. It's when shit gets put in practice where everything goes to hell and back. And then back to hell. And as far as, far as communism goes, uh, I have a, my father has a first-hand experience with that bullshit. Well, it, it most of the time gets implemented in a like weird trade protectionist. We're going to ignore the outside world and we're just going to only buy local items. And guess what? The local economy generally can't provide everything. And if it can, That's very true. it's doing it in a really shitty way. What actually builds economy is getting people to work for what they think is value and then having that value be worth more to the person who is receiving it than less to the person who is actually working. Makes sense. Makes sense. Because, hmm. uh... Most of the, the implementation of of actual... It's like a, a Maoist communist ideology. But that requires, like... A dissolution of, of, of religion and, and... And the things that people are actually used to. The, re- the reason why China worked is because they... They all decided to abandon, like traditional classical thought through violence because there was roving roving gangs of students who were like we're gonna break down old China and then we're gonna be forced to singly create a new vision the great leap forward was just like we're gonna just burn everything to the ground and focus on uh, industrialization at the result of the, uh, or to the detriment of the, the current ruling class and anybody who stands in their way. Because hmm. they took all their, their tools and they created shitty pot steel with it that broke anyways. And they got the Russians to help them create um, what's it they use them to, to create, like, uh, the... Well, they were supposed to help them with industrialization, but they only provided, like, basic outlines of how to do stuff. None of the actual means. And then... The means of production? Not even the means of production. They were supposed to be, like come and help them as communist brothers to drive their their economy forward and buy and be locked in an economic brotherhood where they would actually buy things from China but they didn't never didn't pan out did not do any of that this is like drunk history none of this is probably useful or eh, true. what's useful right useful or factually true that's so, true. The I'm only gonna, the only drunk history I watched was the drunk history of the fo- uh, fallout by fallout boy going to Brandon Yuri. I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this with the huge grain of salt of go read a fucking book. 
I read books. Or the Wikipedia, because it's probably better. Better. Or at least more objective. I don't know about better. Hmm. That's true. More objective, at least. But <clears throat> So my whole thing is, um, I forgot where I was going with this. We're an hour and a half. And we just we just started rambling about the uh, history of communism in China and uh, the Great Leap Forward. Yep. No, where my parents were from, they tried to to do. They were trying to. In the seventies, they tried to communism. And the local government tried to like basically. Everything foreign was bad, and so you couldn't get. Imports. But whenever you do like a protectionist type ideology, it just it just collapses because they can't make everything. It's true. I mean, uh, we're, are you a fan of globalization or do you believe in? Well, you just said it yourself. You, you local localized um, localization doesn't always work. But do you think when a country large enough, such as Canada or even the U.S. Uh, would be able to sustain something like that, or I think globalization is the only path forward in the future, where we exchange freely with our neighbors and um, those across the ocean. The problem is you'll never get like a free exchange because people inherently have a they have a perceived value of what their actual work costs and the benefit of their. So most actual economic transactions come at, at, at a, an exploitative I thought you were, do you have do you have any more to say that or just, just stop there no like I, I'm trying to figure out like it's an exploitative relationship you are basically everyone's a middleman I actually my family makes their money from selling Chinese goods that we nice. We, since last time I talked to you, we started. Oh, yeah, I thought you guys were doing like furniture and stuff like that, or they, yeah, they moved away from that. We used to at the beginning of of the end. We started an import export arm. Okay. Rent. Well, not even export. We just do importing. We buy goods from the great overlords in China, mm-hmm. and we sell them back and. Most of that is just because you're driving, everyone wants everything cheaper, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And in order to do that, you need to to have no working labor standards. And so you're basically trading third world country to manufacture, well, except for China, um, where you basically need someone to not care about the environment or working conditions or being paid a faded wage in order to deliver cheap-ass goods. Who needs a paid wage, man? That's why, like, it turns out that, like, what was it, like, uh, in Bangladesh, like, three of the companies... One of the companies I used to work for is like a major national chain. Mm -hmm. And they're a grocery store, but they also sell clothes and 
and cheap electronics and whatnot, they're doing the same thing. It's just a matter of economy of scale, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they can... But it turned out, like, their factories were abusing international labor laws and, like, the company, like, the, the factories in Bangladesh were collapsing in and on themselves. And people, like, children were being forced to work, like, 16-hour days, if not, like, being beaten to work more, more and longer. And so they, wow. were like, they were like, oh, we're going to look into this. Oh, it's really, really, really bad. Um, all of our stuff is now made in Thailand. In Thailand. It's just, I don't know, man. Globalization, I think it's, I don't know. Like, what was it, like, I was hearing, like, most Thai shrimp are just, like, other countries that fly the Thai flag and are just, like, illegally trawling all the shrimp from, like, international waters. That's probably true. And are, like, people who are, like, captured or forced to work from other countries in some sort of, like, piracy-type scenario. I have not heard that, actually. That's actually kind of interesting. What makes sense, that seems... Now, this is kind of a uh, overarching statement about the area, but that seems like the thing that happens, you know? That seems like the thing that happens in that part of the world. Like you get kidnapped and you see it sold to a shrimp boat. Yep, generally. See, not everyone has Liam Neeson with a certain set of skills. So your likelihood of getting kidnapped all over the world is, is quite high. You could be kidnapped right now. I could be. That's that's the only reason I'm doing this podcast. You have me in your basement and uh, pretending I'm actually across the, uh, the world from you. Yeah, that's the AMSR, ASMR comp- component of the... There's a secret code of... Please help us. Of, of chain rattling. Uh, so we've, we've done like social political ramblings. We've mm-hmm. talked about the shitty government in the United States. We've tried to explain concepts that are conceptually over my pay grade. What else yes. can we do? Um, you can give, I don't know. We could talk about, what can we talk about? What is your uh, preferred type of tea, sir? Do you drink tea? On occasion. Do you more. enjoy your chais, or do you enjoy uh, uh, more of a uh, bag tea kind of guy? Well, here's the thing about chai. Chai mm-hmm. is a pretty all-encompassing, but it's a thing that's not really a thing in the way that curry is a thing that isn't really a thing. Yeah, that's true. You have your uh, garam masalas. If you talk to uh, an Indian person and you say, I want a curry, they will... Uh, a hardcore post-colonialist theory Indian person in the 20th century will just laugh at you because it's not really a thing that actually exists. It's just a spice blend. And it's, it can be localized in like the state or by family to family. And it's that's just a, true. their partic- particular blend. And that's the same way that chai is. Chai is a spicy tea only because... 
somebody thought it was a good idea. That's true. I mean, uh, even our local tea shop, run by a white man, uh, makes his own version of chai, which is usually a shit ton of pepper pods, and then amongst the other traditional, traditional. Uh, I hope you can hear my um, quotes, Air quotes in my voice. Yeah. I mean, the only traditional elements that are like widely accepted as part of chai is usually has to have some sort of element of cardamom. Mm-hmm. It usually will contain cinnamon. But that's, you know, depending on which area or which recipe you go with. And, hmm. It's usually cardamom, cinnamon, and then there's usually one more of the big three. Clove? Generally, it'll be clove. I mean, depends on your access to clove, right? Peppercorn? Some, some will have clove, some will have peppercorn, but not all of them will both have peppercorn and clove. Star nice? Yeah, star anise is harder to get than, and yeah, that, that's usually in a a chai blend. But I mean, anytime you mix, you mix in like star anise and pepper, it's like to taste. It tastes like pho at that point. <laughs> by the time, yeah, by the time you start putting in star anise, you're going to Southeast Asia, man. You're almost a soup. Yeah, that's fantastic. You're three quarters the way to soup because it starts turning into a savory, but usually it's it's tea leaves mixed with those elements. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's no oh. there's no such thing as an authentic chai. That's true. It's all fucking I mean, it's, authentic. It's, it's, everyone it, everyone has their own family chai, right? Everyone has their own family uh, uh spice blend. Um, much like every Vietnamese family has their own version of pho, or. Um, some other uh, that, that well, that's pretty much our national dish at this point, because all anyone knows, you know. Yeah, and that's why like curry. Asia's interpretation of curry is far different from India's interpretation. Oh yeah, of God curry. yes, Japanese curry or a fake curry, as I call it, <laughs> is like a, a an interpretation of yellow, or Indian and, curry. And it's it's pretty much just a gravy on a goddamn uh, piece of meat. But. Curry, curry is equivalent to stew mm-hmm. in white culture. It's just a blend of spices that goes into the stew. That's true. Let me say, you hear some rumbling here. There we go. I said to move my uh, my setup a bit. But if you go to a, a, a generally to a white person, go, how is stew made? They'll go, well, there's different elements in a stew. You have this, you have that, you hear this region, that's stew this way, and if you go here, and that's exactly what curry is. Exactly, yeah, yeah. All soup, it's it's delicious. Uh, I can't eat, though I found that I cannot eat Indian food anymore. The uh, spice blend tends to upset my stomach. Well, Compared to like Szechuan food, I can eat a shit ton of Szechuan food, though. I don't understand the difference. It's because usually when you're making it in, in like North America they tend to add way too much it's uh, much heavier it's also like maxed out they're min maxing all the spices so any, I get you so like they will min max pepper and will min max um like oil and fat because I see it's like a uh, that that part of the continent you're able to burn off fat 
and calories because of the heat and whatever your is you're doing. So you're not worried about. And so their their diets have become Indian is Indian food kind of be one of the healthiest or heaviest foods. It's true. I always, it's it's so fucking heavy. Oh man! But apparently, um, northern Indian food isn't as spicy as 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 was explained to me. But I have no clue what the fuck that actually means. It's generally northern India. I'm not like an Indian person, so I can't really give you our version you're, of. You're of, close enough. You're the closest I got. What, what people fail to realize is like our version of of curry comes from a can. It's a Madras, quote unquote, yes. Madras style curry that was exported with the people who left India to go to the West Indies. I see. It's like a Goram Masala blend. Not the, see, yeah. not the actual curry that you buy. That's like a brand. But it's this, the style of curry is traditionally like a Goram Masala mixed huh? with uh, a few other seasonings to taste. And that's what we consider all curry to be. Unless you were lucky enough to have like an ancestral recipe and were able to get all the ingredients that you needed locally. Because it was just a, like a, a transmutation. Actual curry is more akin to what Hakka food is right now. There's a big oh, fa- Hakka, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a big fad right now with Hakka cuisine, which is just like whatever the whatever Asian culture is cooking it transmuted with whatever culture they're living in at the current time. Hakka in Germany means something totally different, well, generally than it is to like most North American Hakka, which is like Chinese Indian blend. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it literally means like the like the It's supposed to be like a. Uh, I read an article about it. I'm trying to remember, but I think it's like. It's supposed to be like. Oh fuck it! I don't remember. Not only do I not remember who wrote Jihad versus Mick World, but. style of cooking of the Hakka people who may be found in other parts of Taiwan and in countries with significant overseas Hakka communities. There are numerous restaurants in Taiwan, Hong Kong, Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, and Thailand serving Hakka cuisine. Hakka cuisine was listed in 2014 on the first Hong Kong inventory of intangible cultural heritage. The Hakka people have a marked cuisine and style of Chinese cooking, which is little known uh, outside of the Hakka home. It concentrates on the texture of food, the hallmark of Hakka cuisine. Texture of food, you say? Whereas preserved meats feature in Hakka delicacies, stew, braised, roast meat, texturized contributions to the Hakka palate have a central place in their repertoire. Yes. Yes, I see. 
That's be interesting though. Um, hmm. Because I have seen Hakka cuisine in this area, but um, speaking of food, have you ever tried Szechuan style food? Most of the 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 Hakka places will serve as one of their their versions of of Chinese offerings, Szechuan, because. Like anything, like Gua, like most of the people from Guangdong Province, also knew like Sichuan. It's just do they do they use the traditional um, uh, mala seasoning, or um, a mala translate roughly as a numbing flavor, or they'll use the uh, Sichuan peppercorn, which actually causes a numbing sensation on the tongue. I mean, they generally, they the the substitution that most of the places, in like. Toronto or in North, like not, and the 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 Hakka palate that is blowing up right now, they will mm-hmm. substitute uh, the peppercorns with chili. Ah, uh, okay. So it's not quite the same. No. So, and for most brown people who are trying to make Hakka food, it, they they just they just make Chinese dishes, but they put curry sauces on them. Or closer to curry sauces, and they just substitute heat. So the, their their idea of, of haka food is like we'll just make it hotter. And it's not quite right, you know, not quite there. No, because mo- the most of the time they're just going for like smack you in the mouth heat. So it's a lot of chili oil and a lot of green chilies. But it's supposed to be a fusion of Indian and Chinese. Gotcha. Uh, I remember when it was, it was starting to take off like three or four years ago. And there were, I went to a Chinese place and there was a Sikh family there. And they had like eight dishes. Half of them were Chinese. Half of them were Indian. Like we're talking like Manchurian balls and like... Manchurian balls. And like the other thing is like chicken curry. And they're sitting there and they're going, this tastes Indian? And then they pick up the next thing. But this tastes Chinese. This tastes Indian. But this tastes Chinese. That's messed up. But then again, uh, food is... Food food changes where, where you live, right? Like... I don't know what to say right now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a fusion type culture and it's a fusion type cuisine, and all it as did all all the Indian restaurants served less Indian dishes and just started serving more Chinese ones. That's weird, man. So they dropped like half their menu and just started making more. That's weird. That's that's weird for me at least. Uh, but the, the other the whole... part of the 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 article in Wikipedia, it just gets alludes to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the post-colonial cultures, like quote unquote Guyanese food, is just American Chinese food with hot sauce. Truly. It's like 
Because Guyanese food is just like half, it's every culture that lives there. So it's just half of it's like Indian food. The other half is like American Chinese food because it's a interpretation of the Chinese culture that lives there. And then I don't think there's anything like that is truly local. It just, you're substituting like potatoes for like taro. Not even taro, cassava. We don't have cassava. taro. Cassava. We have cassava. I love cassava. Um, I don't think we have, like, it's just like local and like substitutions. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much, you can't have authentic corn without the, uh, someplace because you just can't get some ingredients, man. It's ridiculous. Some of the things you, they want you to use in, in the traditional recipes, you just can't get them here. Or, you know, just use a suitable amount of replacement. And cassava is amazing. As a replacement for most things, I found at least. As a thickener and uh, other things. But just quickly, this this portion, Hakka cuisine in India. In India and other regions with significant Indian populations, the locally known Hakka cuisine is actually an Indian adaptation of original Hakka dishes. This variation of Hakka cuisine is in reality mostly Desi Chinese cuisine. It is called Hakka cuisine because in India, many of the owners of restaurants who serve this cuisine are of Hakka origin. Typically, dishes include chili chicken and Dongbei northern chow mein, an Indianized version of real northeastern Chinese cuisine. And these restaurants also serve traditionally Indian dishes, Indian dishes such as pakora, which is actually 100% on point. Being very popular in these areas, this style of cuisine is often mistakenly credited of being representative of a Hakka cuisine in general, whereas the authentic style of Hakka cuisine is rarely known in these regions. Goddamn, I want a pakora now. Onion pakora. But it literally, mm. yeah, it's like half Indian, half Chinese. Has nothing to do with the Hakka people. It's literally just fusion. That's neat. Actually, that's, that's kind of interesting how the, the name was appropriated for this particular type of cuisine. Because people just don't know better. Yep. Right? Let's see what they got here. So some of the notables just looks interesting. Duck stuffed with glutinous rice. There's a whole goddamn duck deboned and then stuffed with sticky rice. What the fuck, man? Like none of these actual Hakka region dishes would ever show up in a Hakka. Although that, uh, you eat pork? I can't remember. Yeah, I eat pork. Occasionally? I actually like pork. I don't, my relationship with beef is different. After like the third year of in, uh, of university, I like just ended up living with a bunch of Chinese dudes from Hong mm -hmm. Kong and they like literally would cook the same thing every day and then throw it out. Like seven, <laughs> same seven dishes be like, no, it's not fresh. Throw it out. So I, I would be like, I'm, this is waste of food. I'm going to eat this. And sometimes it would be beef. And so I ended up having to eat beef because it's just a waste of food otherwise. The way I interpret Hindu doctrine is like, yeah, killing your, your plow is, is not a good idea, but then mm -hmm. also killing your plow and not eating it and throwing it in the garbage is even worse. Yeah, sure. So it's, it's a waste of the uh, natural resources and that creature's life, right? And so if 
if beef is being served and it's going to go to garbage, I would rather eat it. Gotcha. But I generally that, that don't. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I generally don't eat beef. I mean, I will try like a steak if... Because I'm just now learning the, the joys of steak. Because my, my family would be like, well done all the time. Oh, God, why? I don't know. Well done beef is so terrible. And like my girlfriend's also like, well done all the time. But she's Christ, a, what, what, afraid of, of germs. She's, she's afraid of what? Germs. Germs? Yeah. Look, and, and uh, beef germs under- are on the outside. They don't penetrate the steak because of the way the the, the meat fibers are. And Unless you- there's damage to the fiber, then then yeah, you might have germs inside, but you're going to sear the shit out of it. I mean, you can explain the bacteria and, and germ theory till you're blue in the face. It's the same reason why the only relief to that is like literally buying a, a meat thermometer, and that's what I did. Gotcha. Because um, like... Her, she, there's no way she was going to eat, like, sushi. Oh, God. No I, matter, I'm so sorry. No matter what you... I mean, she'll eat some of them. No, the cooked stuff? Most of the cooked stuff and, like... Artificial crab? No, she, she's not into that. And I'm glad. Okay. Because that shit sucks. Um, this, eh, yeah, there's not a lot of places around here that use this fresh crab, though, which bothers me. It's Well, fresh crab is actually good. What that is, yeah. is just like white fish and pollock and other crab pressed together and approximately flavored like crab, which is garbage. It is. It is very garlic. Uh, very um, uh, garbage. It's like, this is what we think crab tastes like, but we've never eaten it. Oh, man. You kidding me? So the nice thing about where I'm moving to is there's uh, these all-you-can-eat seafood buffets, and you get fresh crab all the time there. She's not down with like shrimp, crab, lobster, oysters. Is she allergic? No, she's just not cool with them. And I understand like shrimp. Shrimp are like the vacuums of the sea. It's true. That's true. Um, I avoid shrimp when I can. And they're closer to like bugs than they are to. Yeah, we can eat bugs and grasshoppers. You can eat a roach if you roast it just right. Maggots. Pretty much most things, if you cook them enough. But it's like the same reason why she'll never get into like um, sous viding stuff. There's no way you can convince her it's going to be safe. As long as the meat reaches the right temperature, you're fine. Yeah. And so that's why. Oh man, I would love a sous vide steak to try one of those, but it's so goddamn expensive in a restaurant to order a sous vide. And I don't have the money. I can make a sous vide machine, right? It's not that terribly hard. You just need a temperature control. Oh, no, no, no. You can buy, like, Innova will sell you the, just the temperature control. Oh, really? Okay. It's like a It's like a anybody can do a CV, sous vide kit because okay. it's just, like, it's a meat glorified, like, meat thermometer. And let me bring it up. Do you sous vide? No, I'm not. Again, she'll never be cool with that. But I like the principle. For yourself. So the whole idea about sous vide steak is that it'd be perfectly cooked. It won't, and all you. Well, you're you're skyping out hard, like super hard. I know, but I don't eat a lot of beef anyway. Ah, uh, but oh, it, we got real distant there. 
Yeah, you skyped out completely. He's like, the they. The, uh, uh. Oh, gotcha. Perhaps we should look into other forms of recording, such as Discord. I heard that was a decent setup. Damn it! Have you tried son that? of a bitch. What? I didn't send the actual. It sent the, the Google search. <laughs> Fucking. Moron. Oh, thanks. So, I I sent you a badly spelled word. There you go. There's an Amazon link. It's literally just the thermometer part and a digital reader at the top. And you like sit it. You sit it in your like pan. I got nothing here, man. You didn't get an Amazon link after. Eight oh five. I got nothing here. Come on. No way. Oh, I sent it to the wrong person. <laughs> Fucking. That is fantastic. I sent it to my dad. Here's something about sous vide. Was he talking about sous vide as well? No. It just that uh, it was for some reason it was last last conversation it linked like had on the chat window. Okay, I see one of these. You have an Yeah, so it's just it's just the thermometer part. I've seen something similar called a uh, a joule, like the for, uh, measurement of energy. Yeah. That actually um heats the water and keeps the temperature and all that. You only you just put some bitch in. Yeah, you, you, it's just a boiler, and you have to have a food-safe-grade plastic. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, cook it, and then once you sear it, it's good to go. Sounds amazing. Mm. And I'm, I'm seriously looking at got, uh, sous vide equipment now. Oh, don't waste your time with anything but an Innova system. Because it's all you need. You think the Innova's... Well, I mean, like, all you need is, like, the basic thermometer. The, the basic thermometer and, like, the the temperature sensor. Sure. Most of the other, like, they're, like, an actual, like, self-contained water bath system. And that's just... You're buying, like, a specialized impl- appliance to do one thing. I don't mind. I mean, you are also um, doing a specialized appliance to do one thing this way, but... At least, it's like a small, self-contained unit. Mm. Yeah, any pot with a lid. That's true. Very true. Oh, man, it doesn't ship to America. That's because the Amazon.ca. If you go to Amazon.com, you literally <sighs> take out the A and put an a, uh, com. You should probably get the same exact... You, page but dot com price on a crutch you're right because yeah the amazon has built the exact same framework as wait wait it does wi-fi and bluetooth yeah for some reason because you want to manage it on your phone bluetooth should be plenty oh man no so i find it funny um whenever an appliance connects to wi-fi Why? It, do, are you afraid of the oh, internet? I used to work for telecom. What? I'm dying. I had to turn on a fan. What? I had to turn on a fan. I'm oh. dying. <laughs> but it's like for some reason. I thought, like, thought Brady boy used to the heat, man. No, I'm. I'm like my parents are from South America, and I'm still not used to the heat. Well, I you just, did grow up in the cold, though, man. Right? I just expire. Like I just. And that's the thing with brown people. We are not really used to the heat. We're just forced to live in it. We still expire. I mean, we, 
we're there's a best before on all brown people. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. What was I saying? What was I saying? Yeah, I was. Uh, I used to work for a telecom, right? So I do tech support for their phones and their connection and things like that. I'm not going to name the company for legal reasons. It was Verizon? But, uh, no, shittier. Um, <laughs> it was AT and T. Shittier. It was whatever Comcast is calling them now themselves. I don't. I didn't think Comcast did. Uh, I don't think Comcast does um, uh, wireless down here in the U.S. What are they? What are they called now? Like Symmetry, Synecdoche. I think that's a Canadian thing. If that's not even a thing, I recognize. No, I'm pretty I sure Comcast rebranded themselves. Let me check this out. Comcast rebranded. Spectrum? No. That's, there we go. That's Time yeah, Warner. just no. That's Time Warner. Affinity. Ah, uh, there we go. X Affinity. Yeah, they're just trying to make themselves less and less like we're gonna call ourselves Prism because they're we're, we're going we're heading towards like a Robocop future. Yeah, Omnicorp. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. But anyway, uh, let's see. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah, the Nova is basically like the Jewel, and I think it's cheaper than the Jewel. Yeah, it's the it's the hot one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the hot one this summer. No, but um, yeah, since I work, I work for the man. One of the things that um, God damn, you made me lose my train of thought again. One but, of the uh, things you were worried about is our future in internet overlay. No, yes, Wi-Fi. So no, I find funny. There was there was a, uh, there was a guy I was working there with, uh, claiming that his phone was being hacked, which is a very common complaint actually, when working with the telecom. That his his uh his his phone was being hacked, uh, by somebody, and it was they were using his connection through his phone through his Wi-Fi to fuck with his equipment in his home. Now you would think like you know it's like radio or some some kind of like a uh, computer equipment. No, he was talking about his uh he had apparently Wi-Fi on his um, um fire alarm, so they're setting that off at random times. There was a Wi-Fi on his range like his stove, and they were fucking with his oven. There was Wi-Fi on his on his uh on his on his fridge, and they were fucking with the ice maker. And what was, what was the last thing that was incredibly ludicrous? Oh, Wi Fi on his coffee maker, and they were setting it to go off at random hours, so spilling hot coffee everywhere. Well, the, a lot of the the Internet of Things in like the infosec community, it's like all of those Internet of Things. Nine times out of ten, there's no password on these things, and if they have a password, it's like one 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 one. So. There are just these, like, Russian websites full of, like, this printer, here's the password. And, like, yeah, you can. I can, like, go into my neighbor's network. Because most of the times it's, like, those dummy passwords of, like, two. And, like, there was a big thing with all the, the security cameras. Oh, yeah, I remember that. that. That was pretty awesome, actually. Where, like, you can just watch people and spy on them. Or, like, you know, there was... Internet security is, is like, a really recent more recent thing when it comes to, like, the Internet of Things. So it was just like, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past somebody. Whether or not it was actually happening, I don't know. But maybe he was an asshole to somebody and he was just getting hacked. He was an asshole to me. Well, I'm sure. But uh, that's the whole thing, though. It's, that's, uh, I thought it was interesting. But this was about 
six or seven years ago when those things weren't very common. And it would make sense if he did have the kind of money um, to put on that, um, to do that, I should say, that he wouldn't be very – you think he would be smart enough to protect his gear. No, because usually the people who are rich enough to do that kind of thing don't even think about the fact that they might be getting hacked on their stupid $5,000 fridge. That's true. They're That's just true, like, I want it to plug and play and just work, but also have a connection to the internet. Oh, I got spyware on it. How? It says my, my fridge is encrypted. I'm going to call Verizon. <laughs> that is true. I mean, like, just think about, like, how many devices were open to being Rickrolled. And like, Again, people, are like, people were like, I'm going to install Never Going to Give You Up on your fridge. This is what happens when you don't put a password on a thing. That's why, like, night, like, not ninety, but like, most of the hacking that occurs is either like Internet of Things or social engineering. True, I agree with it. social engineering is one of the greatest things in the world. Pe- people are the weakest part in any um, info sect, you know. Yep, it's like, but I don't want to have to make the same pass, like, different password for things. I want to just remember it. So my password's two. Uh, and last pass has been a godsend considering how many goddamn passwords I have to keep when I was working uh, tech support. Mm-hmm. But then again, last pass can be fucked easily too if you're not if you're not smart enough. Oh, of course. Right? But uh, so actually, don't write your password down. Don't share your password. How the fuck are you supposed to remember fifteen different passwords if you can't write it down? We we forget shit. What every you do day. is you get a girlfriend and you get her to memorize it. <laughs> And you go, girlfriend, what is the password? Your girlfriend. What is the password to Amazon? And she'll be like, two. Because you said it dumb. Also, we were hacked. Uh, Also, give me your bank accounts because I need to protect them for you. Okay. Uh, It's zero, zero. Go fuck yourself. Uh, that's, That's in hexadecimal. So you need to convert that. Okay. Well, what is the algorithm for fuck you? <laughs> that is the name of this episode. What is the algorithm for fuck you? Oh, man. Now we're not going to be allowed to put it on iTunes. Thanks a lot. iTunes? Who fucking needs iTunes? I don't know. I'm already in it. I just joined it. I'm like, I'm going to get my podcast Are you on Spotify on yet? No. Why not? I don't know how to do anything. The the Fireside made it easy to to sign up, like to get your podcast into iTunes because it was like mm-hmm. put your 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 album art here, put your title here. Is it explicit? And then it's like almost you literally just have to submit the feed for approval, and that's why I did it. Yeah, so I have to like look into every other thing on a case by case basis. I just finished a, an episode on customer service, though. On the 16th, I put it up. Nice. Only 13 people downloaded it. No one gives a shit about customer service, man. Yeah, but am I providing you good customer service? God damn it. Let's see here. And two, uh, yeah, two new listeners, at least. Because like, the, only, the only traffic I got... 
I, I exclude Canada because I have to check the file, so that's already one of them or two of them is me. And I'll assume like close podcaster friends are are listening here and there. Either I actually get where and where people are downloading from. So like I know when like my friends in British, British Columbia are, are downloading it versus not downloading it, and I'm like, could I use this to like shame them? That's funny. I see you're only downloading the podcast that you're on, Professor Best Testes. I wag my finger at you. Uh, no, he's not no, going to listen no, to this no, one. He's no. not on this one. Exactly. And so he's not going to download it. See, what I got to do is just get everybody on all the podcasts all the time. And then they'll just be there checking themselves Shit, for their yeah. own vanity, right? You should probably put yourself on Stitcher, too. And Google Play. But I've come, I've, I've become very aware of the disposable nature of content and podcasts. So that's why I call it the garbage cast. That's true with all content, though. That's true with every creative content and for, made for entertainment. I mean, you know, it's just it's not just podcasting, even art, comics, books. Everything we can, everything that we consume for entertainment is, is pretty much just one and done. People don't give a shit, right? They take their enjoyment from it unless they really enjoy it, and then they just toss it to the side and they forget you. Or if it, like I, I'm guilty of that with books, right? Unless the book really struck a chord with me, I'll read it, finish it, toss it to the side, and oh shit, I remember I read this book. Fuck it, I don't care anymore. Yeah, unless good- unless they're directly involved in making it, which comes back to the second part or the mm-hmm. first part. But yeah, no, the part of me becoming like. Part of me accepting the the rule of podcasting I gave you earlier that don't be precious about it was yep. accepting the fact that it's garbage. It's not art. So that's why I've branded it as such. But it, it was more like me coming to terms with that idea than being like, oh, no. I can see that. Yeah, that. That's how it was when I, was, when I would, was kicking around the idea of restarting up a podcast. I wanted it to be more than just... Uh, banal entertainment right i want it to be something artistic i want it to be something long lasting i want it to get fame and recognition for my knowledge but the more i thought about it it seems pretty i'm on a podcast uh the sheer give a fuck things i like and the sheer amount of saturation of the market already right um i guess i could probably get like five to ten t podcasts a thousand if not more anime podcasts that come up and die Within weeks, you know? Yeah, but how many of them are making live tea on the podcast and using the time of between you starting to brew the water and making the tea to talk about anime? So you can't see me right now, but I am, my mind is just fucking blown all of a sudden. Yeah, I think, I think that's what you should be doing. You should be like... Taking like the ten minutes it makes to, to make a proper cup of tea and discussing one anime. Just a brief synopsis. Yeah, like uh. So like, be like today's tea with Seggy Z. We're gonna be talking about Gundam, and I'm gonna be trying this chai. That actually, I have a shit ton of teas I can probably do that with, and a shit ton of anime I've been meaning to watch. So I can probably drop a weekly episode. I think that would be fun. It the the way you have to approach podcasting 
is this. Yeah, there might be like a thousand people doing it, but A, not all of them are doing it. Not all of them are you. So there's going to be a certain amount of people who are just going to download, uh, download the thing because it's you. Because mm-hmm. you're, they're your friends or people you know or whatever. Or is stumbling upon it, which is the other large segment. And if you make something good enough or enough times, those people are, are going to end up sticking around because there is a catalog. The other thing that you have to remember is sure. there are like a billion podcasts that make something and immediately quit. Or spend so much time making that one thing that they become bored of it and then quit. So if you put out like a masters. 50 podcasts on the same topic, you've already like beat half the podcasts on anime that have probably started and died. Give me a second. There's going to be some rumbling noises here. The, right. o- the other thing is just approaching it with a unique angle. And the way I look at it is, like, people who try to speculate on things. Remember when, like, storage wars became hot? Oh, God, yeah. And everyone thought they could speculate on, like, buying buying stocks, buying houses, buying storage lockers, buying collectible goods. And the only real way that you could actually guarantee to make money on a thing is, is it limited edition and... Generally, is it like more than one market segment? Because they, their approach to like all of those things was like people who collect coins and people who like Mickey Mouse are going to buy these things. And I, I apply the approach to podcasting. If you're going to be like a specific, the people who are listening to what I do are specifically listening because they either stumbled upon it, they know me. Or they like what I have to say. A, a, a subject podcast about tea or anime, you're going to have to approach it differently. You're going to have to, like, do two things. And then that's how, you're, research. That's, that's how you're going to end up differentiating yourself. My, my ideas may have been dumb and off the cuff, but I bet you if you actually did it seriously, it would actually work. So this reminds me of uh, at one point in my in my life and career, I was I was brainstorming with a group of friends to, into making a video game, right? And someone made an off the cuff remark about wizard golf because we were making horrendous jokes about a wizard sleeve, uh, which if which uh, I wouldn't recommend Urban Dictionary because it's terrifying, but the whole idea is. Um, we, we had a working model. Uh, we were going to get into it and it suddenly just fell apart because we just couldn't meet up anymore. But uh, there was, I, I think the ideas that just come out of the blue that seem ridiculous can actually be really amazing. Because at one point we had a uh, Trinidadian uh, wizard that was the king of ice and his course would be Ice King Base and bobsleds. Well, as long as you throw in custard ice, you have the Trinidadian market. Exactly, and like one of the, uh, it was it was all completely on horrific racial stereotypes too. I, I don't think this game would have done very well, but it'd been fucking hilarious for people with our sense of humor. Um, you have no idea how long I've been looking for custard ice. What the fuck is custard ice? It's like a West Indian treat where basically, like, because the way that you used to make like ice, what do they call them, snow cones there? 
Yeah, yeah. They're not like the style where you like take ice and you smash it in like a like a an ice chipper. The way they would mm-hmm. do it is like you have a giant block of ice and you shave slices off of it. So like the way they they do ice shaved ice is like a giant razor blade that shaves. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. I, I've had something like that, but it was more. Um, it was a. God damn it! It was um, Mexicans. And then they would put like a fruit flavoring because they have all the tropical fruits there. The other offshoot of that is people were making as a different thing. They would take custard and like freeze it. Not like like creamy custard, but like a little bit more watery. So Uh it would freeze easier. And then they would like make it into ice cubes. And like when I go to my grandma's, she would actually have custard ice. So for a long time, it was like, I need custard ice. But there's nowhere you can get that. Unless you make it yourself. And even if I tried to make it myself, I wouldn't know exactly how she would make it. Because she's dead. <laughs> oh, there's a recipe here. It's just, it looks like sweet condensed milk, some flavorings, and then you freeze this on bitch. Hmm. That's another thing that you can't find. The amaretto... No, the, the, was it the condensed milk with amaretto. That used to be something you can buy in the 90s. Oh, shit. Was there? Yeah, Eagle Brand condensed. I love Eagle Brand. It was a sweetened condensed milk, but it had amaretto flavor, and then it disappeared. And now you can only get the plain one. And if you try to make, like, condensed milk with the amaretto, it's not the same. Hmm. It's interesting. I don't remember that at all. Because I remember my mom had a recipe for, like, a cookie that relied on that specific. It was, like, from Eagle Brand. Okay. And so, like, if you try to make it with anything else, it just takes the garbage. Eagle Brand. Yeah, that was the bomb. I wish I had that. I'd go back in time and get that instead of Szechuan sauce, like Rick and Morty. (laughs) Gotta have that Szechuan sauce, man. Holy shit, yeah. I didn't... No, we, we always... Uh, when we used to eat condensed milk in my family, it was always the Chinese brand with the three old men on the front of it. Yeah, we don't even have that one. Go to an Asian market, man. No, we. I'm, I'm sure we have, like, Rooster brand, which is actually just, like, that corporation I used to work for. Apparently, the Eagle brand has chocolate and caramel-flavored uh, sweet condensed milk. Yeah, but it's probably not available in Canada. It's more like a... Midwest, like uh, Eastern, like East Coast, yeah. kinda, or like, but they probably won't. There's no way they they only serve like the regular one here or light. Yeah, and you can't just mix amaretto um, uh, flavoring straight into it, or just a no. It doesn't work very well because well, it's like yeah, alcohol gotcha. and separates. Ah, yeah, yeah, that would make sense. See here. So at this point, I actually need to go so I can. My wife's giving me the stink eye. Yeah, I got. Because I need to go eat. All right, let's wrap this up. So, what? What? All right. Thanks again for listening to what the fuck? What is this called? I don't know. Are we really bringing the Brown Masters back? No, I'm not putting up a separate website. Do you want to start from oh. Brown Masters one? Because. <laughs> It's literally going to, like, it's going to break my website because it's going to be like, uh, Garbage Cast 58? No, this is Brown Masters 1. Do I have to create a separate page for this? No. It's just to the Garbage Cast 58. 
featuring the Brown Masters. I think that would work better. Yeah, and then you have, like, you can pretend like the rest of it is all canon. <laughs> See, you have 58 <laughs> other episodes now. Yes, exactly. So, no, um, uh, the, you know, the Brown Masters have a secret website. You have to kind of hunt for it. It still exists. Yeah, you, you go to uh, com slash the Moon Masters. Oh, my God. Oh, good old Mickey. And then you'll find it. Or you'll find a Mexican golf course. But go there. I bet you'll find it there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just type in Mikaloha.com. It is now sexdatefacebook.com reroute. What? <laughs> Sex date? That sounds awesome. We need to get that website. Sexdate at facebook.com? It's like... I love that. We're now the Sex Date Podcast, part of the Facebook group of properties. So no, do like cloud dot something and then lp dot sexdatefuckbook.com. Wow, that is how like, they literally like what were things that were crawled by websites and like okay we gotta get that. Although, when I had I'm done with this podcast, I originally had the dot com. And yep. I let it lapse on GoDaddy, and it was immediately bought by a Japanese weight loss website. What? Yeah, because it was like, I'm done with weight. And so it was like this pure Japanese, like, like J-pop star was smiling and, like, holding a, a, a canister of unknown substance. Being was like... I'm done with this.com? Yeah. It just has an index now. Oh, awesome! Four, so three. They can't even they can't even uh, host a website. They don't have enough money now from their weird Chinese. But the, I I still believe I uh, for the next year I'll own I'm done with this .ca, and I still own yo this is whack .com. Yo, this is whack. And the garbage cast, but I found the garbage cast as of right now. As of next year, it'll be pared down to. The garbage cast, and maybe oh, throw it in the trash.com. Those are the two that will continue on, because I was just buying websites left and right, and for some reason I couldn't get my my Squarespace page to work. Like the the RSS feed would break unless it was hosted through the yoiswack.com website. So for a while, Weird. it was the only way I could keep my RSS feed going. But now that I'm on like a, 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 a house... Right. How long are your episodes? They're generally like an hour. Okay. Oh, we're pulling out the old format for this, huh? Yeah, the long, unending... It's like, there's only like two episodes that are like longer. But I, oh, I, I completely like nuke the website... Just started fresh from like, well, not fresh, but from this year, because um, when I started the the garbage cast conversation with the guy in Tennessee, it was like we're gonna make a resolution to podcast more, and then we're like, okay, well, how are we gonna podcast more? Well, what if we did a podcast where we just talked about a subject and then we passed it back and forth, and then we're like, okay, we're gonna just keep this going until we can't. And we're at August now. That's awesome. So, is this a once a week show or? It's pretty much once a week. If you look at the timeline, I kept it as close to the original as possible. 
like I actually went back and I kept the old feed on uh, Pocket Cast and I date, uh, date stamped them as if they were reposted on the Squarespace site. So the earliest one goes back to January 5th and some of the times it was more than once a week depending on if I was on a roll and uh, there was a few breaks slash not episodes with uh, the co-host up in this brain. But it's mm -hmm. generally just me and him and, like, people who like me and him listening. So there's only about, like, nine listeners, generally. Shit, including, I'm to start listening. Including me and him, so. Ten there's minutes, like, an hour and 43, 49 minutes. Yeah, this, this, could, this could work for my commute. Yeah, it's generally, like, an hour, and, like, um, it's generally just... <laughs> I At about somewhere after video games... I started doing more in actual. So there's um, only twenty. It only shows goes back to episode twenty seven on here. Yeah, on the I, garbage, uh, garbage fireside. Yeah. Yeah, because the 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 rest of it is just like me by myself. I'm uh, trying okay. to. I'm try like I did like a couple of technical talks that I wanted to put back up on the website, but it's so. It's prior. It's like last year. Uh, probably like September and I walked away from podcasting for a while because people were trying to tell me how to live in my little podcast community so I was like I'm not podcasting anymore and then I, it just became like why are you not doing the thing that you want to do so I stopped caring he just said fuck it and win yeah and I mean if you're going to listen to something um, 32 is pretty funny because it's like me on a different podcast, the Smooth Sailing Yacht Rock podcast. Oh, God. But we're talking... You still into Yacht Rock shit? Yeah, but we're talking about Philip Michael Thomas. It's a Miami oh. Vice special. So we're talking about just the way I planned it. Oh, man. But I love Yacht Rock. I will ever, forever... And actually, now I'm into an even more annoying genre of music. Um, What's that? Uh, trap EDM music. I, I like trap. So, I, I love EDM trap because it's so... so I'm really into... Well, I, I want to say I, I really enjoy EDM, like uh, some of the weird stuff like Witch House, Chill Step, things like that. Uh, if you don't want Witch House, it's basically horror-oriented EDM. Is that like Nightcore? So, Nightcore? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's similar. Yeah, it's, it's an offshoot. Is it like... Okay, so if I... Like nine times out of ten, if I get a, a Nightcore song, it's actually Witch House probably... Because yeah. I feel like mis misnaming or misgenre categorizing is part of like nine times out of ten. If I recommend a trap song, is actually like future bass. Because I gotcha. I don't know what the fuck future bass is, and I keep asking people to explain it to me, and they're like, it's like future bass. I'm like, that doesn't. It's a genre, man. You're not gonna. It's like it's a like, it's it's so future bass is a subgenre of trap. Ah. Right? So it has stabby chords or short chords. Uh, chord progressions ends in groups of threes. Lots of mini sounds, such as creaking bed, water droplets, haze, chants, shotguns, things like that. Um, and a lot of 808s. Yeah, so it's like pretty much right up my alley. Here's another rule of podcasting. If your content is evergreen, you know you're onto something. The fuck's evergreen? Means that if you can repost, if something is still like... My episode of a Garbage Cast 54, What's Trap? 
again mm-hmm. is literally a repost of my other episode that I just took one song out. I re-edited it, but I took one song out and I put in a different trap song because people are like, still, what is trap music? People I know and, and actually expect to listen to the podcast are like, what's trap music? So I had to put it up again. So you know you're onto something if it's reusable and gotcha. still pertinent. Goddamn, you do recycle content. Exactly. Fucking garbage. Evergreen content is the way to... But yeah, it's generally um, oh. me, like that, the label of the episode is generally the subject we discuss. If it's something... Which makes sense. Uh, MMPR related, that's a podcast convention our little group of American and Canadian unprofessional podcasters have in the summer. So that's gotcha. like super narrow cast. You can just skip those. I don't know. I might enjoy those because I, I really do like the technical side of podcasting as well. To They're, be honest, I think I'm more enamored with the technical side and uh, production values and things like that than actually making a podcast. No, I'm warning oh. you because they're usually like uh, less technical and more like just like us fucking around in bars. Because for a long time, the only people who were listening to the podcast were people. I would get like a big spike during this event when people were like, I didn't come. Mm-hmm. And I, I do these when I go there. People are like, oh, man, we forgot to record, you know, we or, you know, like it was, you know, special just for us. But I what I do is I, I put a fucking H4 on the, the table. I'm like, and what? I'm just going to record nonstop. Nice. And, it, you know, it's hard to listen to because it's in a bar. So there's like just as much noise. But I've specialized my equipment and I've learned how to shape sound where I can actually minimize it enough that you can pay attention. If you pay attention hard enough, you can get a full conversation. But it's mostly just, you know, friends talking. So it's not for everyone. Gotcha. Yeah, I was looking at like a portable recorder at some point uh, just to randomly. Because, you know, I can't just lug my computer and giant-ass Yeti mic everywhere. No, what you... you know? Okay, so the best... I, I, as I tell everybody the same... What I've learned from costly mistakes in, in buying audio equipment is the best two setups that you can get for a portable setup is mm-hmm. uh, a Zoom H2 because it's the interface and it's a really good quality uh You said channel. a Zoom H2? Zoom That's H2. Zoom, okay. Zoom H2. It's made by Samson. Okay, I see it, yep. Um... And they use those for, like, reporting. They use those for, like, um, studio recording. But they also use, like, people use them as, like, all-around recorders. The H1 sucks. It's the entry level, and it's not well-shielded audio. Okay. I've known people who've bought H1s, and I've had to give them my H2, my old H2s. Like, uh, that's what I did for another podcast that's operating in the area. That's how I remember it. They do like a reimagining of movies. Neither here nor there. But like. No, that's interesting though. Actually. They were like, yeah, we're recording with the H1N. It's not really sounding that good. I'm like, here. This is what you should be doing. I'm like, oh, it's so great. Thanks. <laughs> and then like I fell out with them. So. <sighs> you know what it is. They're, they got a network and stuff. They're fancy. So I can't like them. They're the man. No, I'm kidding. They're good guys. What was that? 
Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Why are you jerking off to controversy? Is that is that what you're you're into now? Yeah, man. Just just keep, you, keep you, talking. You go on don't Twitter stop. and you're don't like, shh, shh, don't there's, stop. There's violence on all sides. Yeah. Keep talking. Come on, man. <laughs> all sides. God damn it. <laughs> How do you like me now? Um. Yeah, but the rest of the conversations are me, me and that guy, and usually some music. Cool. Um, All right. So, how do you, um, do you use uh, was it Creative Commons music now, or you just don't give a fuck? No, actually, uh, the other lesson I learned is if you are small enough, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> oh man, that's that's true. If you're small enough, no one gives a shit, right? If you're generating like serial numbers, then yeah, you might. And like until somebody asks you to pull it down, like the best thing you can do is like just ask email like most independent people will be like, yeah, whatever. Don't give a shit. Like yeah. I, I, you know, put the, the link on the YouTube because that, that's how I get mine. But otherwise, like just do. And like I know people who like in the beginning like asked like major ind- indie labels can I play this? And they were like, yeah, you can play it from now till forever. Give you. And they just kept it. And so now they use that as their, their backup just in case. Nice. But All right, I, man. So this has been an interesting, uh, eye opening experience for me, but I got to go eat cause I'm fucking starving. I hope I, and can, I, we can do this again next week, but let's not make it three hours. Okay. Alright, man. Alright. Fucking record! What? Fucking record. Don't be precious about it. I'm gonna see a Saggy Z podcast. Or I'm gonna kill myself. I'll be back with the anime. Okay. <laughs> you hear me now? Uh, oh, I think we lost him. All right. Stay cool, brother.
in paradise like a mouse. If you will tell me I'm the only one that you love, like to be a dream, sweetheart.